Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the first Saturday of October. October 1st, 2022. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator. Sister Helena Thompson, our Minister of Music. Sister Sharon Taylor will offer words of encouragement. As today, as October is the month for pastor appreciation, we each week in October, we will be offering words of encouragement for our pastor and for our clergy. Pastor Millicent will deliver the preached words. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And as today is the first Saturday of the month, we will be offering the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. So sometime before we arrive at that point in the service, please gather your elements of a piece of bread or cracker, a host if you happen to have one, and water, juice, or wine. Pastor Millicent will offer Holy Communion today. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, TIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups everywhere, the loved ones of those who died from targeting coronaviruses and other catastrophic illnesses, Also pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God, to do it and not do their will. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, victims of the worldwide climate crisis causing extreme starvation in some parts of the world. Please pray for the loved ones of all victims who perished from gun violence and for the survivors who sustained severe injuries. And please pray for the state of Florida. Pray for the loved ones of those who have died, those who have lost their homes, property, vehicles, security, and safety. Please pray for them and provide help wherever you can find a source to do so. Thank you for uh, your attention. 
Now let us listen to a praise, our opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six. Be blessed. Amen. I'd really rather sit and listen to that song one more time, but since we've got to move on with the service, I guess we'll have have to bypass that. But I can't help but tell you all about a story, true story. This pastor's wife said they would go to church Sunday after Sunday, and there would always be a lady who would come to the service. And she said one day the Holy Spirit just prompted her to give her her phone number. So she said, I walked over to the lady, I'd written my phone number on a piece of paper and I just pressed it in her hand and said, sister, if you ever wanna talk, just call me. And she said, one day the, the lady called and made an appointment to meet her at the church. And she said they were sitting in the church office and she just let the lady talk. And she said, the lady told her of some of the most horrible things that had been, been done to her. She possibly went back to her childhood and told her how she'd been mistreated. And as a young woman, she was still being mistreated. And she said, the lady cried and she said, and I cried because I didn't know what to do. And so she said, I, 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 I talked to God in my heart. And, and she said, I said, Lord, what shall I do? And she said, Jesus told her, just get her to me. I can help her. And so she said, she told her, to just talk to Jesus about what's been happening to her. And she began to see the lady's countenance change as she recognized that God was lifting the burden and causing things to be okay. So I just encourage each of you today, we don't know what to do with some of the things that are done to us. So, oh my gosh, as you have to live with the slander and the um, character assassination as you, have to go through your days of some days having difficulty moving from one place to the other because of the assaults to your gait or to your feet or whatever else. Just know that God can help you. And when I heard that song being, being uh, sung a couple of days ago, I just knew that was one of them. I must tell Jesus. And it goes, it goes with our, our message for today because I'm not deviating at all from the purpose of the text. But as I start, I definitely want to give honor to God, who is my father. Uh, some will say he's the head of my life, but I want to tell you today, he is my life. It is in him that I move and live and have my being. And I also know that without him, that would not be Jesus. And without Jesus, there would not be the cross. And without the cross, there would not have been the grave. And without the grave, there would not have been the resurrection. And without the ascension, there would not have been the Holy Spirit. And so I thank God for all that he has done for us. I'm always glad to express my appreciation to the ministry team and all who participate in the services each week. I do thank you from the bottom of my heart for using your time and your talents in the service of the Lord. And then we praise God that though we live all across these United States, from California to Maryland, 
from Georgia to Ohio, from Washington to Tennessee, and that's Washington State, and even into Canada, yet we're all working together by God's grace through a conference call. Not just a conference call, but through Zoom and through phone calls and emails. God allows us so many avenues by which we can communicate and support and encourage one another. So I appreciate each of you. Now, our scripture for today, you know, we've been on this journey of learning about trees and how God sees them and their value in the plan of God in the earth. So our scripture today is coming from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 is the focus and our, um, is the passage, but I'll focus on verses 9 and 10. So it reads, and Jesus entered Jericho, and this is from the Amplified Version, and was passing through it. And there was a man called Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was trying to see Jesus, which one he was, but he could not on account of the crowd because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and he received and welcomed him joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all muttered among themselves and indignantly complained he has gone in to be the guest of a lodge and a man who is devoted to in and preeminently a sinner. So then Zacchaeus stood up and solemnly declared to the Lord, see, Lord, the half of my goods I now give by way of restoration to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I now restore four times as much. And Jesus said to him, today is messianic and spiritual salvation. Come to all the members of this household. Since Zacchaeus too is a real spiritual son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for sight. We thank you for eyes, God, that is connected to a brain that interprets what passes before us. And Lord, in spite of the misuse of that, of you, our bodies by technology, Lord, I still thank you that I can see, God, both with my physical eyes and with my spiritual eyes. Thank you, Father, that you provided us with the word of your, of, with your word that does not lead us wrong. And because of that, God, we humbly and worshipfully say thank you. God, I pray today that you would allow your words to speak to our hearts. I pray, God, that in the reception of these words, there will be joy coming forth. And that we, oh God, will be able to walk in the past that you have ordained us to walk, oh God, with greater urgency and with greater excitement that the Savior is coming. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
So the title for today is I Must See Jesus. We heard Linda Randall sing, I, I Must Tell Jesus, but before we can tell him, we've got to see him. And that's where we're headed today. I found that the quest to know and appreciate the purpose of trees has taken many sudden turns. And I'm talking about since the end of August when we started this journey. I had no idea what was ahead, but I knew that Father God wanted us to know more about how we and the earth live by the trees. Though I love trees, the reality of their spiritual presence has escaped me until now. And that's an important piece of my maturing in the Lord and there is more to come. I have very vivid memories of the town's annual Christmas parade. I hope that each of you have experienced such. I know that large cities tend to have those uh, parades that are televised around, around uh, holiday times. And at that point, you can sit in your snug, warm home in front of a television set and see everything very clearly because it passes in front of a camera just for our viewing. But it was always cold during the month of December, but no one seemed to care. We would go 30 minutes to an hour early just to get a good place to stand so that we would be able to see Santa Claus when he came through and to get some of the candy that he and others threw along the parade route. The parade was led by a parade master, then followed by bands and floats as they made their way through the street of the town for the from the south end to the north end, giving thrills to the children and adults alike. Occasionally, there would be a parent who had a little tyke who could not see over the crowd. So he or she would be placed on the shoulders of the dad or brother in order that they might see all of the enthralling event. The other time that came to mind was, I was thinking about the opening of this message and I remembered others climbing trees in our neighborhood. Now that could be something that all of us might have memories of, uh, unless of course the tree had fruit on it, then you might find me or another girl trying to jump high enough to grab the lower branches to gather the fruit. But for boys, it seemed that any tree was to be climbed. That's how they played. On television, we saw that sometimes the fire department would have to be called to rescue a cat that miraculously climbed the tree but could not get down. That never made any sense to me, but it did happen. And let's not forget the times that some neighborhood child fell from a tree, resulting in a broken arm. Needless to say, they were not trying to see Jesus. But today's pericope is presented by the Apostle Luke. My research says that all three of the gospel writers spoke of the trip through Jericho, but Luke gives the most details of what is called Jesus's passion journey for the point at which Jesus was making this trip through Jericho was the beginning of the week of Passover. In fact, Luke reports of the healing of the blind man by Jesus on his way to Jericho as the blind man cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Later in his conversation with Zacchaeus, Jesus makes the messianic references to himself as the son of man. You see, Jesus knew that this trip through Jericho was so important because this was Jesus's last trip from Jericho to Jerusalem before Calvary. It might've been a sad trip for Jesus because he knew of the suffering that he was about to have to endure. Or it might've been an exciting trip for Jesus because he was still free to heal and deliver and set free even on his journey to the cross. The place of this chance meeting or was it by chance is Jericho. I remember Jericho as the place where the walls fell after the children of Israel marched around it seven times. It was significant because the walls fell by a shout and the power of God working on behalf of Israel. However, by the time of the New Testament writing, Jericho had been destroyed and rebuilt many times. It was located deep in the valley and the 15 mile trip to Jerusalem meant a steep climb up into the city, but Jerusalem sat on top of the hill. Jericho is about 250 meters below sea level in the Mediterranean area. That makes it the lowest town on earth. Isn't that something? It's also called the oldest town on earth. The story is written by Luke the physician tells us that a wealthy tax collector heard that Jesus was coming through town and did not want to miss seeing him. Apparently the news of the many miracles that Jesus had performed preceded him or Zacchaeus has missed him on the other trips through Jericho. In any event, Zacchaeus was determined that he would not miss seeing Jesus this time. We've gone out of our way to see many people. We've gone out of our way to see movie stars when they were in our area secular or gospel music entertainers. It didn't matter how much the ticket cost. We've gone out of our way to see them and we've paid to do that. Famous authors have visited and we've gone out of our way to see them. I once went to a dinner just so that I could see Maya Angelou. I actually got to talk to her. We drove all the way to Arkansas and to Georgia. That was my mom, my daughter and aunt and cousin and me. We drove those many miles to sing in Benny Hinn's choir. And I would not leave Washington DC on my first trip there without taking a picture in front of the White House. These were places that we had to be and people and things we had to see. And so we made the sacrifice. We'll spend hours on the road and to attend basketball games, stand in long lines for interest to football games, ask any Titan fan here in Tennessee. Yet what will we suffer to see Jesus? Zacchaeus allowed his determination to drive him up a tree just to see Jesus. As a most hated man because of his occupation, Zacchaeus was probably safer in the sycamore tree. Tax collectors had reputations for being dishonest and would tax the people more than was necessary and pocket the difference. The tax collectors were also like those who we would know as government contractors. 
they would bid to get the job from the Roman government. And oftentimes they were Romans themselves. However, Zacchaeus was a Jew. If you'll remember the word of God was to go to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. In spite of the people's resistance to paying the taxes, even Jesus advised them to render unto Caesar what was Caesar's. The sycamore tree was very popular in both Old Testament and New Testament writings. It is considered important because of its strength. It is said to provide clarity, to promote love and protection. The Encyclopedia of the Bible from Bible Gateway told me that the word sycamore appears seven times in the Old Testament. For instance, in 1 Kings, he made cedars as plentiful as sycamore. And Amos was actually a herdsman and a dresser of the sycamore tree. The, it, then the sycamores grew figs and the figs required a specific, some specific care during the growing process in order for them to produce the best fruit. And Amos, the prophet Amos, was responsible for that care. But the most important mention in anywhere in the Bible is the text for today about Zacchaeus and the sycamore tree. The tree known today as the sycamore is not the same as in Bible days. One tree lives today in Jericho. It has grown to be 80 feet tall and is over 2000 years old. In American Europe, the sycamore tree lives about 400 years. And I asked a, a co-laborer in the Lord today, if he knew of any sycamore trees in our area, he did know about the trees, but he didn't know of any that, that actually grew figs. The fruits produced by the tree in the Mediterranean though, are in clusters and look like small figs, though they don't taste quite as good as a regular fig. The tree bears fruit several times during the year, and I thought that was interesting, but it's most popular because of its ability to give shade during the heat and the rain. The branches of the sycamore tree are strong and widespreading, and they're lateral, so that made it easy for Zacchaeus to climb up in it. I, I wanted to specifically see what a, a sycamore tree looked like knowing that Zacchaeus was short. I was trying to figure out how could he get up in it. But when I saw the picture, the some of the branches really grow low towards the ground. And so perhaps he pulled himself up on a branch and climbed up higher. Zacchaeus was short in stature, as I've said, but we are to learn that he became big in heart after the transformation. Like most of us before the Holy Spirit moved in, Zacchaeus was probably short of patience. He was short of generosity. He was short of honesty, short of joy and of peace. I met one man at the post office who was short and he was also very abrupt in his mannerism. He was very standoffish and almost defensive. 
this man carried a gun on his hip, y'all. And it was in plain sight as if to say, nobody better mess with me. And I don't think he was a law officer at all. Probably just had a gun, a, a permit to carry a gun. But it seemed that his statute was the cause of the fear that made him feel like he needed to defend himself by carrying a gun. Zacchaeus might have been like this man. Without Christ in our lives, any one of us can have the traits that I just described. God himself promised that he would take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. Notice that God said that he would do this. I can't do it. You can't do it. When people come into the church, they are given some promises that we can't keep. And oftentimes we take off trying to change that person into what we think God would have them to be. But I'm here to tell you today that the person who does the changing is God himself. And he does it through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He knows how to make the necessary changes in a way that will not destroy the person or the personality. We're told that Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus in the tree. Make no mistake, we are never lost from Jesus's sight. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Perhaps Jesus could sense the urgency of Zacchaeus and knew that his heart was right to receive salvation, much like Nicodemus was on the night that he met Jesus. Nicodemus wanted to know how to be born again. There was no indication that this question was on Zacchaeus's lips, but we do know that he had an urgency to see Jesus. So Jesus invited himself to stay at Zacchaeus's house that night. Zacchaeus's reputation did not bother Jesus. The reaction of the people nor the criticism of his followers seemed to cause Jesus any concern at all. You know how we steer clear of certain people because we don't want to be uh, uh, described as being one of their friends. Sometimes the people haven't done anything, but because others don't think well of them, we also want to steer clear of them. We've been victimized by such a mindset. I'm sure that each of you have, I surely have. Sometimes we avoid people because of what we hear. Sometimes it's because of where they live. Sometimes it's because of the work they do. So many things causes us to avoid people. And guess what? When we avoid them, we don't want other people to be around them either. We'll tell them, I don't see why you want to go around that person. Why are you hanging up around them? I wouldn't even talk to them. This is the attitude we have, though we are not supposed to have a stony heart. But Zacchaeus was part of Jesus's assignment here on earth. Rest assured that when God brings people into our lives, they are part of our assignment and we must carry out the task. Listen to this poem. It's entitled, If Jesus Came to Your House and it's written by Louise Blanchard Eddies. If Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, 
I wonder what you'd do. Oh, I know you'd give him your nicest room to such an honest guest, but all the food you'd serve to him would be the very best. And you know who, and you would keep assuring him you're glad to have him there, that serving him in your own home is joy beyond compare. But when you saw him coming, would you meet him at the door with arms outstretched and welcome to your heavenly visitor? Or would you have to change your clothes before you let him in or hide some magazines and put the Bible where they'd been? Would you turn off the radio and hope he hadn't heard and wish you hadn't uttered that last loud hasty word? Would you hide your worldly music and put some hymn books out? Could you let Jesus walk right in or would you rush about? And I wonder if the Savior spent a day or two with you, would you go right on doing the things you always do? Would you go right on saying the things you always say? Would life for you continue as it does from day to day? Would your family conversation keep up its usual pace? And would you find it hard each meal to say a table grace? Would you sing the songs you always sing and read the books you read and let him know that the things on which your mind and spirit feed? Would you take Jesus with you everywhere you plan to go? Or would you maybe change your plans for just a day or so? Would you be glad to have him meet your very closest friends? Or would you hope they stay away until his visit ends? Would you be glad to have him stay forever on and on? Or would you sigh with great relief when he at last was gone? It might be interesting to know the things that you would do if Jesus Christ in person came to spend some time with you. It gets to be comical as you can see yourself in some of these lines as I've read them, I'm, I've got some tickle in my own chest about some of it, but it's so serious. And wonder what Zacchaeus' real thoughts were about having Jesus come to his house. No doubt Zacchaeus was ready to have such an unexpected guest. It looked like there was someone coming to his home to be fed and made comfortable for a night. No doubt Jesus would be given a comfortable bed and breakfast in the morning. Spiritually, though, see, we always look at the outside, but there's usually a spiritual agenda behind the plans. So spiritually, the plans were that Jesus would never leave Zacchaeus again. The Holy Spirit would play tag team with Jesus in the near future. And though Jesus would continue his trip to Jerusalem and on to Calvary, there would always be someone with Zacchaeus to help him make the right decisions. Zacchaeus's decision was that of restitution. A changed heart will cause one to desire to change as much as is possible of the mistakes of the past. A changed life will seek to remain open for the guidance that will ensure that his future actions mimic those of Jesus. Jesus told Zacchaeus that salvation has come to this house. What does it mean to be saved? We as Christians have to be careful 
about using Christianese, that is the words that the world cannot understand. Salvation means deliverance from sin and sin's consequences, which include death and separation from God. What we must tell others is this is a spiritual promise that does indeed have some physical provisions. Paul's Roman road to salvation tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our inability to live a righteous life causes us to need a savior, someone who can take our place when the world and Satan demands payment for the wrongs that we have done. Jesus becomes that substitute, the payment of the debt that we could not pay. In exchange, our temple, which is our body, becomes the place where the Holy Spirit comes to live. He guarantees that we can do this. We can make it to the end of this journey, fit for the kingdom eternal. His job becomes that of helping us to live right, to make right decisions, to grow the fruit that will help us live here on earth, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All that good stuff won't have enough room in our life if we aren't rid of some of the unnecessary stuff. So the Holy Spirit does house cleaning. I've shared with some of you before this story that I heard, uh, literally heard a, a, a uh, revival preacher tell us about the Holy Spirit moving in. He says he does cleaning much like uh, getting a car tune up. He'll come in and raise the hood, look under the hood, tinker with things, move things around a little bit, throw out something, put in something else and say, try it now. We'll go out and we'll meet the people up the street or someone in the grocery store who treats us mean. And our first reaction may be a right back to you. And so we'll go home and the Holy Spirit will come back and he'll raise the hood and he'll tinker with something and move something around and take something out and put something in and tell us to try it now. And so we'll go back out and we may meet someone that cuts in front of us on, on the highway or someone who just you know won't hold the door while we go in even though our arms are full. And Instead of thinking ugly about what had just happened, we just say, God bless you. Guess what? The Holy Spirit's job has, is working. And the things that he's taken out isn't missed anymore because the things he put in is taking their place. And that transformation that was promised is taking place. So how could Jesus offer salvation? He was on his way to the cross. Jesus knew that after the cross and the grave, new life would begin. In accepting Jesus as our savior, we nail our sinful lives to the cross. We go through the water grave of baptism and new life in Christ begins. The experience of Zacchaeus should become each of our experience. Jesus knew that his assignment was to conquer death and inside and ensure eternal life to all who received him. He had already conquered the fleshly enticements when he came out of the wilderness. That's the rest of the deal. 
Zacchaeus was receiving the first half of the deal and the second half was coming after the resurrection and ascension. Jesus didn't tell Zacchaeus that, that, but the Holy Spirit was coming soon and no one is ever the same after his arrival. The old people used to say, my feet looked new and my hands did too. They proclaim a new walk, a new talk. Their hearts were able to love right. Their thoughts fell in line. They always ended with who wouldn't serve a God like that. Steps to salvation will be shared in just a few minutes by Sister Greta. But if you have not yet seen Jesus as your savior, even as I've read the message this evening, open the door to your heart. Jesus is knocking. As we leave this time together, let us remember one very important fact. Jesus invited himself to stay the night at Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus just had to let him in. Listen, he just had to let him in. I about fell off my chair when I saw that. In the book of Revelation, we find in red letters, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. It was a sycamore tree that allowed a short man who was an outcast to see Jesus. He didn't let his statute or his acceptance by the crowd stop him from seeing Jesus. When you find that you have come short of God's glory, dare to look for Jesus. Yesterday, my brother came and he in installed for me a um, that ring doorbell. And as, as I was coming home, I had gone to pick up my grandson. He, he, he knocked on the window and said, oh, you're coming to the door, just ring it. And so I rang the bell and he had my phone, so I couldn't see my phone. But when I, he opened the door and handed me my phone, what I saw on my phone was a picture of me and my grandson. That is what showed up on the screen. So when Jesus rings our doorbell, if you don't have a ring with the camera on it, I still want you to open the door because his promise is I'm just standing at the door and if you'll open, I'll come in. And I'm telling you, sometimes he may come in to clutter. Sometimes he may come into an unmade bed. Sometimes he may come into more bills than we know what to do with. Sometimes he may come in with, to an unvacuumed floor or laundry that has not yet been folded. But guess what? He didn't say he cared about the conditions of the house, of the four wall building. But his care is so strong for the house that he's coming to live in forever that no matter what you look like on the inside, hallelujah, he's coming in. If you'll just open the door and determine I'm gonna see him, I'm gonna see Jesus in my situation. I'm gonna see Jesus in my circumstance because Jesus can do something about it, amen. Okay, round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.